everybody. This is John Solomparis. The podcast is Mindfulness for the Soul. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is self-care, the value of alone time. Now, we're just going to cover one aspect of self-care. That's a very broad, broad topic and conversation. But because we were so affected by social distancing mandates and quarantining for the last two and a half years, this is an important episode because it's a good way to value and to sort of cherish and embrace alone time instead of being afraid of it. So since March of 2020, we've all been living in a new age of virtual existence and human depersonalization. We all accept that. It's a given. The pandemic restrictions like wearing masks, quarantining, and social distancing profoundly changed our lifestyles and how we interacted with fellow humans in so many areas. Also, our perception of personal security changed also. During the height of the pandemic, people persistently worried and felt overwhelmed by the specter of financial hardship, illness, and death. The pandemic triggered a wave of mental health issues like increased addiction, depression, anxiety, trauma, and the general stress that results from living through a catastrophe. Some people survived the pandemic well, others even flourished in it, but from my experience, working as a psychotherapist during that time, most people's lives were negatively disrupted and in some cases, ruined. And still today, it's hard for them to put the pieces back together again. People are still hesitant to feel free to go out and you know, be comfortable in public. But the biggest factor that, our, that affected our mental health was the sense of isolation due to the social distancing mandates and the overall lack of human contact. One of the few positives was that the pandemic taught us to collectively cooperate. Despite being a primarily individualistic society and a country divided in so many ways, it promoted solidarity and brought people together. It showed that we are a species that is indeed interested in the welfare of our neighbors, but many of us did it from the confines of our shelter-in-place safety. But even before the pandemic started, the U.S. General, the U.S. Surgeon General, sorry, Dr. Vivek Murthy, declared that America was experiencing an epidemic of loneliness. Quote, loneliness has real consequences to our health and well-being. Being lonely, like other forms of stress, increases the risk of emotional disorders like depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. Less obvious, it also puts people at greater risk of ailments that seem unrelated like heart disease, cancer, stroke, hypertension, dementia, and premature death, end quote. According to New York Times writer John Leland, quote, this could be driven by the accelerated pace of life and the spread of technology into all of our social interactions. With this acceleration, efficiency and convenience have edged out real relationships, end quote. Remember, when the brain is exposed to any type of stressor, even isolation, it perceives it as a threat, very important to remember. Consequently, the fight-flight-freeze response mechanism kicks in and a flood of un uncomfortable and alarming feelings are activated for the organism to protect itself at any cost. So blood pressure levels rise, 
and an increase in inflammation invades the body, which affects our ability to fight infections and viruses. So evolution has always been sending the right signals, but we don't always listen because we minimize loneliness and we don't take the misery of isolation seriously enough. Murthy states that, quote, if we truly want to be a healthy, happy, and fulfilled society, we have to restructure our lives around people. Right now, our lives are centered around work. Connected people live longer, healthier lives, so a shift is in order, starting in our homes and our workplaces, end quote. But what if there's a good kind of loneliness, a positive alternative to the epidemic kind, or what some people call healthy aloneness? First, let's discuss the ethos of feeling alone, because as we all know, society in general pushes the notion that if you are alone, it is inherently abnormal, or you are pejoratively labeled as a quote-unquote lonely person. But choosing to be alone is a separate issue, of course. Now, loneliness is typically experienced as a fundamental state of being that evokes undesirable emotions. For many, loneliness is shameful and taboo. Yet more specifically, it's a deficit in the level of human relatedness that we have with people. It's a subjective feeling which can be felt even in the presence of others. So people can have friends, acquaintances, and many contacts in their lives and still feel terribly alone. When we experience this good kind of loneliness or this healthy aloneness, it means that we can at times be unaccompanied without feeling lonely. Now, there may be a low-grade sense of grief that convoys good loneliness, but it does not debilitate us. It's more of a conscious awareness of our participation in the temporary gap of relatedness. We don't necessarily have to sever vital ties with others, but can prosper on the valuableness of our special alone time. Some people use more acceptable euphemisms to rationalize it like me time, or in the field of psychotherapy, it's when we actively take some personal time. So along the spectrum of human connectedness, there is enormous benefit in knowing the subtle melancholy of loneliness or your alone time. I say subtle melancholy because exposure to this kind of alone time has its limits. Despite its restorative quality, humans are not designed for too much of it. And science has shown us that deep in the recesses of our genes, detachment from the bonds that, we, that draw us together causes us to stress. The unease is embedded in our DNA. Otherwise, humans would never form those bonds to procreate and survive. Knowing the discomfort of the good loneliness or the healthy aloneness is crucial for building emotional resilience. Some of us embrace the aloneness and have developed a bittersweet relationship with it. The upside is that good loneliness tempers our emotions and grounds the ego in the sobering reality that there is also unhappiness in being human. It opens up space to help us think more clearly be more creative, 
and perhaps to problem solve. We can utilize it for personal reflection and sometimes for recharging our mental and physical batteries. So again, alone time grounds us in important reality and helps us be more humble too. It's a win-win situation. According to Adam Grant's 2021 book called Think Again, accessing humility is a way to emotionally balance ourselves. Grant says that humility is a virtue that is often misunderstood. So from the Latin roots meaning from the earth, humility is not only about being modest about ourselves, it's about being grounded and recognizing that we are flawed and fallible. Exposure to the good loneliness teaches us that life is also difficult and painful, but more significantly, that there is nothing wrong with the suffering either. I know that sounds controversial, but there is nothing wrong with that. In this case, this constructive aching needed to be felt around our loneliness is a prerequisite to growing and learning. Grant says we have to understand that, quote, the purpose of learning isn't to affirm our beliefs, it's to evolve our beliefs, end quote. That's a very interesting statement. So to recap, initiating self-care on a regular basis helps us to learn and grow. And one way we can do that is to try to embrace some alone time. We need alone time to be able to think more clearly, to be able to be humble about life and ourselves and our friends. It's important for learning. It's important for growing. So even your feelings of sadness or loneliness within the alone time, as long as you don't let it get out of control, again, builds resilience and strength. A very important self-care directive. Keep that in mind tomorrow. If you're lucky enough to have some alone time, I know a lot of people have a hard time carving that out in their lives. But if you have too much of it, obviously you want to balance that out and not be so alone. But cherish your alone time. It's the way that your brain regenerates. It's the way that your brain rests. It's the way that your brain recharges the batteries. Okay. This is John Salamparis. The podcast is Mindfulness for the Soul. Thank you for listening and take care. Mm-hmm.